Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. How are you settling in to uh, be the member grand, of Sinn Féin? Yeah, I'm grand. Well, look, at I, I had decided if I was running again, I'd need it more support. It's not easy on your own, Alan, to run yeah. as an independent. I did it twice, and I just thought if I am running again, I'd, I'd be better off having a party around me. So yeah. I, did, I got to know the lads in Sinn Féin very well over the years, so I said I'd, I'd, I'd go with Sinn Féin. It's closer to my, uh, if you like, my ideology on the left, you know. All right. Well, look, you didn't come in here to discuss no. your, your party at the no, moment, no. but uh, you are here in the studio with me the day after a momentous decision was made in yeah. Dáil Éireann. And you're one of the many councillors I have speak, and to be fair, across all parties, all councillors speak on this issue. You came in kind of shell-shocked this morning, really. You're amazed by this decision. Oh, yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't expect anything different, but it was it's, it's so cruel and so... Uh, d- they obviously have lost their way, I think, Alan. Ten years ago, they were warned by people like Father McFerry, Peter McFerry, and that, that there was a housing crisis. And instead of reverting to what used to be the case, where you built a lot of social houses, and, and, and then maybe a, a minority of private houses, these people t- t- took a choice, and they're into this whole ideology, I've said it before, neoliberal. In other words, the, the, the market will provide... Well, the market has shown to be uh, this is an absolute failure. Ten years ago, and every year they're going to fix it. They're going to fix it, and I believe they've lost their way. I heard um, uh, the Taoiseach or the Taunchley, whichever of them, saying that if if uh, if people are homeless, they'll get emergency accommodation. There is none in Wexford. Now, now that you're here with me, and you're, as I say, you're one of the many councillors who talk about this. Explain. Somebody comes to you as a councillor. They find themselves in the position that they've nowhere to go. Now, this is even before this decision yeah, yeah, reached yeah. yesterday. On a, on, a, on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, what are you dealing with? I'm dealing with this all the time. I'd say probably 80%, 90% of my uh, complaints or queries or representation is about homelessness or people in a problem around the house they're in, the rental or whatever. And they're dreading this because now the lid, lid is off, Alan. Before you had, like, at least you had some security of tenure. You haven't any anymore now. People can be, now, within the, within the certain guidelines, if you're there a certain length of time and that, you have to give a certain amount of notice. But, like, the point is, people are going to be homeless and there is no place to go. I mean, we, we direct them up to the, to, the, to, the, how, to the homeless section in the county council and that's all we can really do. Ringing up, I've, I've done it for people. I ring up the letting agencies. There's nothing there. And anything that is there is way beyond what they can afford to pay. I mean, they brought out the latest one now with the the, the latest home loan from the council is actually uh, you're talking roughly about two two seventy to eighty thereabouts with houses now, and uh, and also they have to find ten percent. Now I thought that might be gone out or, or lessened in the new scheme, but it's not. Ten percent of two two hundred thousand is twenty. You have to find twenty thousand straight up front. If you're in a rental accommodation and you're barely able to get by from one week to the other, how are you going to save up to, to put a deposit? Yeah. You have no hope. Rob was in from D and G McCormick Quinn, 
and it's, it's sometimes very interesting to talk to people who are dealing with the housing markets and he just said why did they just let it run for an extra few months bring in the measures because to be fair to the government within those measures if you read through them there's some very interesting points there that could well work but at the moment you still have the position where you have people who are going to find themselves homeless yeah. next week and yeah. I, I thought his, his suggestion was a yeah. far more reasoned one Yeah, well, I, I have to say Alan I think it's going to take years even to catch up to be honest with you, this is not going to be fixed in a couple of months. I don't believe, I could be wrong, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, we're so far behind. And, like, un- unfortunately, the majority of people, social housing is, is the only option for them. They can't afford to get a mortgage, as I pointed out, with the deposit, even the county council mortgage. So they're stuck either in rental accommodation at the behest of uh, the landlords. They're not all bad. I have to be the first to say that. Uh, I don't and like some pay- tenants do mistreat the uh, homes around. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a mixed bag across the board, and it always will be. You have good tenants, you have bad tenants, you have good landlords or not. But... It comes down to money, Alan. We we said it. I remember when I went on the town council, uh, and these schemes like Raz and Half came out, and and people like Padraig and other councillors. I remember saying, "This is only going to be a quick fix." And when it suits the landlords, they'll set up and move on, mm. and that's what's happening. And we see it now. But this government is to- so out of touch; they just don't know where they're going. Uh, unfortunately, that's my take on it. You know. Right. Since yeah. since the news broke, what has happened? Have you had many calls? Oh, I have. I've had quite a few. I, I just get them all the time, Alan. Do you? you know? Have they escalated since uh, yesterday? I have. I've seen a slight increase. But uh, look, at this is only early days. This is going to be going down the track now. Over the next few months, we, it's, it's just going to be more and more people. And we've nowhere to put them. Mm. We'll send them to... Like, if you get emergency accommodation, you have to go to Gorey or maybe Courtown. And if you is that ch- someone from Extra Town now? Yeah, has to go. To there court. is no. Th- th- you you probably remember the Foggy Jew used to be available, yeah. but then there was a fire down there, and there's nothing available there. I, I've heard like of that. people who have accommodation in Court Town, and their children could be in maybe uh, mightn't have the exact location, yeah. but Kilran National. School. Yeah, they're, they're, like if you have to uh, uproot your family like that, it, it's a major problem. Like you know what I mean. Okay. Thank you for sharing your views on that, David. The other reason you're here with me today is it's a follow-on to what we discussed yesterday with Ash Ree, and they were all about gambling in particular uh, and the scourge. You want to look at scratch cards and lotto tickets. Why? Yeah, Alan, I, uh, as you know, I, I'm an addiction counsellor as well as being a county counsellor, and I've come across quite a few people with gambling problems, but specifically this one came up recently with, uh, uh, well, one particular lady was in big trouble with it because these, uh, uh, the lotto tickets, the lottery cards and so on, the scratch cards are placed right specifically at the checkouts. So you can't go through to do it. Now, everyone has to shop. Uh, You know, as you know, we have to shop. And uh, there's, it's, you just can't avoid that if you have that tendency. Around 7%, they reckon, of uh, people who gamble have an issue with gambling. I don't know what the percentage would be around uh, specifically scratch cards. <laughs> I've talked to, actually, uh, uh, Minister James Brown. Uh, he brought in, as you know, a regulation recently, yep. uh, in fairness to him. I spoke to him on this, and he did say to me, it's certainly worth considering. He said, when the, when it was brought up before, there was pushback from the, uh, surprise, surprise, from the National Lottery people, because they want to have it there, uh, right, uh, 
buy where you're buying, where you're checking out your, your goods or your... It's shopping. clever marketing. But of course You can't is, blame yeah. them for that. No, that's, <laughs> and then look at all the benefits that come from people from the lotto. I mean, look at all the... There, there is, of course, but at the same time, about 30, or, or nearly a third... Now, this is from the website, uh, from the Rutland Centre website. I only read it there the other day. Up to 30% of the the money that goes into gambling come from people with issues around gambling. Mm. So that means a, a, a lot of people, it might be a small minority, are spending a lot of money that they can't afford. Houses, people, mm. have, we've talked about homelessness, people have actually gambled their own house. And often done... Do you know of that as an addiction? Uh, yeah, I mean... I've Gamble their house? To, well, I haven't met anyone specific but myself they've lost the house but they have yeah, yeah. they've yeah. lost the house because or they've lost gambling. they've yeah. lost their job over it they've lost it's it's decimated their life and the problem is it's like drink uh, it's a, it's a family disease so in other words the wife might know a thing about it and it could be going on until such time as uh, checks start to bounce or whatever happens then all of a sudden she's hit with this problem right and it's horrendous, like, you know. So, do you, do you think by getting these moved, how, how optimistic are you of getting well, the support to get them well, moved Well, I, I have to say, after talking to, to James Brown, I, I am optimistic that he certainly thinks it's, it's worth looking into. Now, we don't necessarily have to have them in a, in a closed-off area, but not right at the checkouts with the counters, where they're at a, an, an area where you can go in, and if you want to gamble, people will do that, Fair enough, but I don't think it's right to have these yeah. things right at eye level at the, at the checkout. It's very uh, late now today mm. to be because normally we ask our listeners for their views and things like this. So mm. maybe it's uh, something we'll raise as a little poll tomorrow. Yeah. So we won't do it today. We'll yeah. do it tomorrow. Well, I, I look at a lot of people uh, do do uh, scratch cards, lottery tickets, and they don't have a problem. So I wouldn't be too surprised. But it's the people like drink, like like drugs. It hits the family. Right. And it's those people who are often silent. Yeah. It's insidious. It's pervasive. So people don't go around the street and say, my husband has a gambling problem. Yeah. You know, they're ashamed as well. They end up having to go to banks and everything else or maybe trouble with a landlord. And all this uh, comes around the whole gambling issue, you know. Thanks, Davey, for joining me. But the main point you're raising is you would like to see the... Uh this, where the lotto cards, the scratch cards are situated at the checkouts. You, like you want them removed from the checkouts? Yeah, there should be somewhere else, a designated area, maybe, or at least not right there at, at, at when you're checking out. All right, out of All sight, right. out of mind. Is that out the is, idea? Well, people, if they want to gamble, they will gamble. But there's a lot of people who have that tendency. Yeah. I, the person I'm talking about, Alan, was trying. Uh, and that's why she was coming to me was trying to stay away from the these. But as she says herself, every time she goes into shop, they're in front of in front of her. You know. Thanks for joining us, Davey. I, I, I'd imagine it's going to be another very busy few days oh, for you, fending off queries space. from people and caught up in this situation. As I said, Alan, the, the yeah. housing problem is the, ma the main problem. That's I'm still getting comments. Like, Eileen has just texted in from Gory. Good morning to you, Eileen. She says, Alan, if we didn't have landlords, there would be a lot more than 135 families without a home. That's a, that's a fair yeah, point. Well, I didn't. I, I, I'm saying, Alan, and you said it, not all landlords no. are, are there, but unfortunately... There is that problem. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.